The last words of any man are significant, but how much more when those last words are spoken by the God-man, the Lord Jesus? In today's study, we visit the cross and listen to the final words of Christ spoken just before his death. You will find that they hold tremendous truth and application for all of us who live on this side of the cross. Open your Bible and let's join Scott Pauley now at Calvary. There are seven distinct cries of Jesus Christ from the cross. And you'll remember that seven is the number of divine completion. We've studied six of those. We come today to the seventh, found in John chapter 19 and verse number 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Now, there's been some discussion and debate about the exact order of all these last sayings. I don't know that anyone knows exactly, and that even that it is very important that we know the exact order, just that the Holy Spirit said all of them were spoken. I think, I think this is the appropriate order of the last sayings. I believe very likely that the earliest was his word, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And that the first word from the cross was a word of mercy and forgiveness and a prayer. Then the second, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. The third, woman, behold thy son, behold thy mother. The fourth, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The fifth, I thirst. The sixth, it is finished. And the seventh, father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. I wouldn't be adamant about it, but I think as I reflect on all of them and and compare Scripture with Scripture, that's an appropriate listing. But there is some discussion over the last two. So did he finally say, it is finished? Or did he finally say, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit? I'm not sure. But we do believe that it is finished was one of the last two statements of Christ from the cross. And there's, there's a lot of passionate, powerful words spoken by Jesus at Calvary. Like bookends, imagine that on the front end is this powerful word, forgiven. What is that? A word of salvation. And on the end, the word forsaken, a word of suffering. I want you to understand that those words are connected. That apart from Jesus being forsaken, you couldn't be forgiven. He was forsaken so that you and I could be forgiven. He was was separated from God so we could be reconciled. But now we come to yet another powerful word, not just the word forgiven and the word forsaken, but what about this word, finished? It sounds like a sad word, doesn't it? It sounds like a word that someone says, well, we just all have to bow our head and go home now. It's over. I want to tell you, Jesus did not say, I am finished. He said, it is finished. And when Jesus said it is finished, it was really just beginning. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 2, tells us that our Lord Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Paul said he was confident that the one who had begun a good work in him would perform it to the day of Jesus Christ. You see, our Christ is a finisher. He always takes it to the finish line. We fall short, don't we? That's what sin is. We fall short. He always finishes. From the very beginning, he was finishing. Genesis chapter 2, verse number 1, 
Uh, he finished the creative work. Uh, he said in John chapter 4, verse number 34, that he'd come to finish the work that the Father had given him to do. And now at the end of his redemptive work on the cross, he declares confidently, he cries out, it is finished. So what does that mean? Well, let's begin here today. This, this cry from the cross, it is finished, first of all, is a cry of completion. Our Lord does no halfway work. He is a complete Christ. He offers a complete salvation. He is the divine completer. You'll remember that just a couple chapters previous in John chapter 17, he prays his great high priestly prayer to the Father on his way to the cross. And he prays in John 17 verse 4 these words, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Now stop just a second. He prayed that before he ever went to the cross. How's that possible? Well, some have suggested it's because he's the lamb slain from the foundation of the world, that in the, in the eyes of God, uh, the cross work was as good as done. I personally believe, though that's true, that what he prays in John 17 when he says, I finished the work which thou gavest me to do, refers to the first work. What was the first work? It was the work of making disciples. Because when you read the context of John chapter 17, it's all about what he's leaving behind. It was the work of reproduction. He had reproduced himself in the lives of these followers. Uh, he had finished that work in these early believers. Now at the cross, he cries, it is finished. And this time, it is not the work of reproduction that is finished. It is the work of redemption that is finished. Now he is finishing not just the first work the Father sent him to do, which was to establish an original group of followers and disciples and to teach them God's truth and reveal the Father to them. Now he is finishing the full work that the Father sent him to do, which was to pay the price for our sins. All of the prophecies are now fulfilled. All of the messianic prophecies related to the coming of Christ and to the life of Christ, to the sufferings of Christ, to the sacrifice of Christ, in a word, he's saying, they're done. They're complete. Aren't you glad that our Savior finishes everything that the Father foretells? But then ultimately, it's not just that the prophecies are fulfilled, but the price is fulfilled. The price has been paid. In fact, the word that Jesus cried from the cross, in our Bible, you look at it, John 19, verse 30, it is this expression, it is finished. The suffering is done. The cup has been poured out. It's been drunk to the full. He's taken it all. It is finished. When Jesus spoke that from the cross, he actually spoke one word. In the language of the day, it was a word that the people would have understood. It was one word, and it was the word tetalistai. Tetalistai. Now, that means nothing to us today, but I hope it will mean something great to you when we're finished with this study and this few moments we had together, because the word that Jesus cried from the cross was actually a marketplace term. It was a word that was used by the merchants of the day. If you went in and you had a bill, you owed something, and you paid that in full, the merchant would take out a stamp and stamp your bill like a receipt. He would stamp that bill with one word. Do you know what word he stamped it with? It was the word tetalistai. It literally meant this bill has been paid in full. <laughs> Consider it. When Jesus cried from the cross, it is finished. He literally was saying, the sin debt has been paid in full. 
Jesus took all of our sin, all of our darkness, all of our death, all of our hell, all of our debt, and he paid it in full. You see, the reality is every man either has to pay his own debts or someone else has to pay the debt. I want you to know, because we are all sinners and we all are debtors because of that sin debt uh, to the holy God that we have offended, one of two things has to be true. Either you have to pay that debt, which is impossible. That's why hell is eternal. It's impossible to pay that sin debt. Or you have to accept that someone else has paid the debt for you. I'm glad to tell you today on the authority of the Word of God that Jesus paid your sin debt in full. And nobody goes to heaven on their own good payment. We go to heaven on credit. Christ, good credit, his merit, his righteous record. Oh, dear one, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, receive him today. Believe that he paid your sin debt in full. And if you are a Christian, then rejoice that it is finished. It is paid in full. Can you hear the cries from the cross? In each of these Holy Spirit-inspired words, God has a message for us. We hope that through this study, you will come to know and love the Lord Jesus in a deeper way. For more information on a personal relationship with Christ or for helpful devotional resources, please visit us at enjoyingthejourney.org. You will have access to hundreds of articles, full-length Bible messages, and the complete Enjoying the Journey broadcast library. Remember that only as you follow God's Word will you find Christ's joy. Thank you.